Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via webcam and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, becoming a patient, we actually have brand new telehealth patient options now open. And there's lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And I have a brand new book if you haven't heard about it. It's my fourth book. It's called Gut Feelings and it's for pre-order right now talking about gut and feelings, the physiological and the psychological, how mental health is not separate from physical health. Mental health is physical health. In the book, I talk about the fascinating science around how chronic stress and shame and trauma and intergenerational trauma, how these mental, emotional, spiritual things impact our physical body can be stored in our body, impacting mitochondrial health and inflammation levels and hormone health and the gut-brain axis and can lead to a hypervigilant nervous system being stuck in a sympathetic fight-or-flight stress state, but then how conversely, how physiological things, physical things like underlying gut problems and nutrient deficiencies and, and, and chronic infections like mold toxins and chronic Lyme disease, how those physical things can impact our mental-emotional health. So gut feelings, the subtitle is Healing the Shame-Fueled Relationship Between What You Eat and how you feel. And we're giving away tons of free stuff when you pre-order Gut Feelings right now. We're giving away access to a three-week mastermind that's gonna happen right when the book launches. It's with myself and Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Caroline Leaf, and Dr. Nicola Perra, brilliant physicians, psychiatrists, psychologists, and myself talking about the gut-brain axis and all the topics that I'm talking about in gut feelings. Dr. Nicole LaPera, the holistic psychologist, she actually wrote the foreword to the book. And you get a lot of, you get lots of other free healthy stuff when you pre-order gut feelings right now. And we have a quiz. People love quizzes. So I adapted a quiz from the information in the book 
It's gut feelings quiz, seeing where your shame inflammation levels are. Shame inflammation is this concept that I'm talking about in the book of how mental, emotional, spiritual things like shame and stress and trauma, how that impacts our physical health. Hence, shame inflammation, the sort of convergence of mental, emotional with physiological. So you can take that quiz for free at drwillcole.com as well to learn more about these topics and the science around it. And we're also giving away free signed books whenever you rate and review The Art of Being Well on Apple Podcasts. So no matter when you listen to this episode, every month my team and I will be randomly picking winners and I'll reach out to you and I'll ask which book you want me to sign and we'll send it out to you. So you, all you have to do is leave an Apple Podcast review, tell us what you love about the show, and you can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast review itself, or you could take a screenshot of the Apple Podcast review and message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole with that screenshot. And every month, my team and I will be going through the messages on Instagram, as well as through the Apple Podcast reviews themselves. I read every, every single one of them, and I'll reach out to the winner every month. All right, let's get to today's guest. He is a longtime friend of mine and brilliant leader in the wellness space. His name is Jordan Rubin. Jordan is the co-founder and CEO of Ancient Nutrition, a supplement company with its mission to restore our health, strength, and vitality by providing history's healthiest whole food nutrients to the modern world. One of America's most recognized and respected natural health experts, Jordan is the New York Times bestselling author of The Maker's Diet and 26 additional titles, including his latest work, Essential Fasting. Let's get right to it. This is Jordan Rubin's Art of Being Well. Jordan Rubin, this has been a long time coming, my friend. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Great to be here. I have to just set the stage. I, I know I've told you this privately before, but I want to tell everybody on the podcast it was, I'll set the stage. It was early 2000s, maybe, yeah, early 2000s. I was in high school and I read a book, Patient Heal Thyself. I was a health nerd. I'd use my paycheck at the finish line that I worked at at the mall. <laughs> and I would go and buy the latest foods and supplements and super foods that I, I read about. And you were one of the first, if not the first person that really inspired me to do what I do. So to tell everybody this publicly and share my undying love for Jordan Rubin, I, I'm excited to do this. Well, I appreciate that. I was bracing myself for a, uh, you're old uh, type <laughs> message because I get a lot of it from my kids, you know, movies, music, uh, yeah, sort of, I I, I'm not as athletic as I once was. I'm older than I should be and et cetera, et cetera. But no, I really appreciate that. And it, I look at books, and I'm sure you agree, as amazing seeds that you plant, and it often takes decades for you to see and reap the fruit of them. So I'm, I'm uh, blessed to have been a part of your journey. And as I say to people that have inspired me, they become part of every person whom I inspire, coach, or help along their own health journey. So it's a good, it's a good chain to be connected to. It is, it is. And you did, you inspired such a movement into what I'm doing today. And I, I have to thank you for that. Before we get into the meat of the conversation, before we started recording, I heard that you, you, you're in Tennessee, I'm in Pennsylvania, and you said you don't love Pittsburgh. I, I what, what's the deal about this? I'm not going to take it personally, but what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it isn't that I hate it, but I, the times I've been there just haven't been super inspiring, but you know, 
You have it's, to come in the summertime. Come in the summertime. I'll show you around. I'll show you around. Okay. 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 Good time. Give, give Pittsburgh yeah, another chance. It's not like I can't stand the Steelers. And, you know, I, I, I'm just, it's not one of the places on my top list of places to be. It's yeah. okay. Well, it's, it, it is not like the, the, Ven, the Venice beach of Pennsylvania definitely isn't yeah. the, <laughs> but I love it. I'm partial, but you're in Franklin, Tennessee. I was there recently over Thanksgiving actually with my wife and I, we went to, I'm sure you're aware of it. Urban guard is urban, urban garden? market, urban market. Yes. So good. So good. It's a, it's a great place. Very close to here. We eat there way too much. My daughter works there, but look, it's rare to find a restaurant that you can have almost everything on the menu and you feel good about yes. the health of it. Right. So there are very few places in the country. There's more now than there was, but mm -hmm. we really prioritize restaurants where we can have an appetizer and a dessert and a drink. And now they yeah. even have, you, you might not know this well, but they have frozen kombucha that they pop out of one of those nice. freezy machines. You know, the, when is the last time you got a freezy anything, you know? <laughs> no. I mean, the last time I, I even mentioned big gulps, it was quoting dumb and dumber. So, you know, it's like, <laughs> no, I mean, it's like, it is a treat to go there. And we, we went as many meals as we could because it is such a special treat to yes. know you can have so much selection versus like trying to modify it to, to suit how you want to feel. I know we have this in common too, Josh, Axe, and you and I all have a deep love for True Food Kitchen, which is another sort of national place that I, there's always something to get there. Yes, we have one in Nashville. And when it first opened, I'm, I'm pretty sure Josh averaged two meals a day for the first three weeks. <laughs> well, how about that same trip? I was, went to True Food Kitchen, about to get on my flight, right? I went to dinner, right? And headed to the airport and I saw him walking in. I was walking out. I'm like, you must live here. You, you Yeah, when, when, when he did live really close to there. But when I went there a few times and my kids would always say, well, Josh goes there every day. So I <laughs> ran into him multiple times, but he likes urban too. So it, he's, he's good yeah. with both places. But I think we need more truly amazing health food restaurants. There's a third you need to come to. There's, and it's a chain, it's called Clean Juice. And it's the first organic sort of juice slash sandwich place. And I love it. I go there quite a bit now. So. I, here's the fun fact with Clean Juice. I, we have one in Pittsburgh. I was, I believe their first guest on their podcast. Clean oh, very juice. cool. Cat and yes. Landon. Yeah. Yes. They're amazing. They are they're, amazing. Are they in North Carolina? They're or in they? Charlotte. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're, I'm all about that. I love their shirt that says, I run on Jesus and juice. <laughs> I mean, how cool is that? Yeah, I love it. So let's jump right into the conversation to the topic that I really want to dig deep in, and educate people on is regenerative farming. We hear that term. I haven't really gone as deep as we're going to go today on the topic. So they're going to hear it first, really, in today's conversation. But let's define it first. What does regenerative farming actually mean? Can I first say that I might like Pittsburgh now because I thought we were going to talk about bowel issues and instead <laughs> we get to talk about regenerative farming? I mean, this, yeah. is, this is a great day. I surprised you. I surprised you. Yeah. But by the way, there's, there is a lot in common you'll learn with our microbiome. Absolutely. In our gut and what's in the soil. So yeah, we'll tie it in. We'll tie in gut absolutely. health for the gut health nerds out there. Yes. Yeah. So, sure. so I'm going to get really specific third grade on what is regenerative farming. Regenerative farming is a way of farming that makes everything better tomorrow than it is today. You're constantly improving. Now, I know that there's a lot to it, but we hear the saying, I want to leave the world better than when I found it. I want to make the world a better place. Regenerative farming 
is a method of agriculture that improves the ecosystem. Now I'm kind of getting, uh, mm -hmm. using a little larger words. And more specifically, it utilizes the God-given resources, the sun, water, soil, and make sure to treat the entire farm as a living organism. And I said this yesterday, I was in Illinois giving a seminar to a chain of health food stores and explaining to them what regenerative farming is. And I said that when you are a regenerative farmer, you're not farming tomatoes, you're not farming cabbage, you're not farming beef, you are farming soil microbes because the ultimate goal is to transform the soil microbiome and everything else falls into place from water harvesting, nutrient cycling, to become drought resistant, even making your plants more resistant and resilient to pests and extreme temperatures, et cetera, et cetera. So people used to say they're solar farmers. They're capturing the power of the sun. And mm -hmm. I've heard that blades of grass are solar panels. Beautiful. But photosynthesis is only as good as the soil health, which is only as good as the soil microbes, diversity and sort of vibrance. And let's just say the sheer amount of them. Got it. As you all know, my day job, it's consulting patients around the world from my functional medicine telehealth center. It's what I've done for the past 13 years plus at this point. And look, I, I'm looking at labs all day long and understanding electrolyte balance is key to understanding so many things in the body. They're responsible for many different pathways impacting our energy levels, our mood, our sleep. There are far-reaching implications and it will mess up your health basically when you have electrolyte imbalances. Element is one of my favorite ways to support electrolyte balance. And all my patients that listen to this podcast will know, yes, Dr. Will Cole talks about Element a lot and recommends it a lot. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink mix with everything you need and nothing you don't. Element contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio, 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. But guess what? It has none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no junk that you don't need. Element is formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and is perfectly suited to people following any type of diet. It doesn't matter how you eat. This is a great way to really enhance the benefits of any clean way of eating. When your electrolytes are off, it can cause things like headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, brain fog, and sleeplessness. Element can help to alleviate all of these associated symptoms of electrolyte deficiencies and imbalances. Right now, Element is offering the Art of Being Well listeners a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight single serving packets completely free with any Element order. This is a great way to try all their eight delicious flavors or share Element with a salty friend. We all have one of those, right? Get yours at drinkelement.com slash Will Cole. This deal is only available through this link. So you have to go to drinklmnt.com slash Will Cole. That's drinkelement.com slash Will Cole to get that free sample pack with any order. My favorite flavor, if you're asking, it's probably the raspberry. I like the citrus one as well. 
There's so many. You have to try all the flavors and then let me know which one's your favorite. Drinkelement.com slash Will Cole. Hey guys, I'm Kinsey from the I Love You So Much podcast. On my show, we talk about everything, lifestyle, business, finance, beauty, you name it. My favorite part about the show is the amazing guests that we bring on. We have everyone ranging from like business experts to influencers, CEOs, creative masterminds. It's so much fun. If you guys want to find me on Instagram and it's just at Kinsey Elizabeth, I release new episodes every Thursday. So hope to see you there. One of the main goals, if not the goal of regenerative farming is to improve the health of the microbiome of the soil. I know it's complex, but can you give the people, what are some of the practices that that do that for regenerative farming versus conventional ag? And this is an easy one because I just started looking at the simplest strategy that I could convey on how to transform soil health. We're in the middle, and I, I know I'm jumping ahead. We're in the middle of a 14-year project that is the anchor for my personal mission statement, which is to heal the planet, feed the world, and eradicate disease. And the best thing I can tell you, Will, is that it can all be done in the same system. What will heal the planet will feed the world and will transform our health or eradicate disease. It really is true. This is a very biblical message but it meets everyone where they're at. And it's the one thing we agree on, no matter what political party, no matter what faith, no matter what exclusion, inclusion, or initials, or whatever we have, it's, it is something that we all can rally around and say, we need to improve the health of our planet. Yeah. Let's get into strategy. So what we're employing is the concept of multi-species grazing. Well, this is just like it would be in nature, like the early settlers would report bison and elk, and then they would be chased away by their predators or by fire. So multi-species grazing, intensity followed by long rest periods. Think about the ground as like your muscles. When you talk about resistance training, you want to push your body past where it has gone before, and then you make tears in your muscle fibers, and later the rest and what you eat allows you to be repaired. We are treating the soil like a muscle. We're stressing it with multi-species grazing, lots of pressure, and then long rest periods. So that's number one. It sounds like a lot. That's number one. Love it. Number two, we want to make sure that the ground is covered. So we do that in two ways. Number one, I call it a biomass infusion. So whether it's feeding hay to our animals, we also feed leaves. We literally go around our property and we cut down tree limbs that are blocking various access points. And we feed them to our animals because believe it or not, leaves of trees are healthier than blades of grass. Mm. And we also, you're gonna love this and one connection we have to urban market. We have a program we call Trash to Treasure where we pick up food waste at local health food stores, restaurants, and even hotels and other organizations. And it's normally amazing fruits and vegetables that are just a little too ripe to sell. So we feed our chickens, ducks, and turkeys, and sometimes our water buffalo, cows, sheep, and goats with fresh produce. So the infusion of hay and food waste and tree leaves helps to nourish the animals and encourages them to deposit nutrient-rich fertilizer in the form of urine and manure. And that's only number two. Number three, long rest periods. And we rest each 
paddock, and this is our soil building system. This isn't even our sort of horticulture, but our soil building system rests each paddock or area of land 75 to 80 days. And last but not least, fast forward to year seven, because this is a 14-year project, but seven years of soil building. And the seventh year, we are letting the ground lie fallow, as the Bible calls it, no harvesting, no planting, no reaping, no sowing. And that's going to be the year where everything that we've done for six years comes to full fruition. It'll look like a jungle, but it will allow the ground, the seeds that are hidden in our native seed bank to mm -hmm. fully express itself. And we're super excited about that. We even anticipate a few surprises. So six years of intense multi-species grazing, biomass infusion, planting of cover crops, resting the land, and then year seven is a sabbatical year. And this is not how everyone does it or even how anyone does it, mm -hmm. but it's the way that we do it at our ranch project, we call it Regenerative Agriculture, Nutrition, and Climate Health. Love it. So if you're talking about really unhealthy soil, uh, yes. disrupted, modern, ag how quickly can soil microbiome heal? How, how quickly could, does that process happen? That's a great question. So we have 53 acres on each of two properties that we're applying this intense program. And so it is a seven-year program. Our goal is to increase fertility between five and tenfold in every measurement possible. Speaking of Pennsylvania, our partners are the Rodale Institute. They are outside of Allentown. I think they said they're they're between Bethlehem and Allentown. Yeah. Both of those are mentioned in the Billy Joel song, by the way. <laughs> I'm on the Western part. It's like a different state, basically. Yeah, but totally. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they are our research partner and they created the term organic and regenerative agriculture. So they're perfect for that. Yeah. And we are measuring every aspect you can from soil health to plant health to water holding capacity. We look at all of the weather anomalies, which there are many. And we're going to publish all of this research as open source because our idea is not to set ourselves up for some special recognition. We want the world to move forward in regeneration because if we listen to the UN and others, we only have 60 years of farming left. And I personally yeah. want to live more than 60 years from and now. Yes. And, yeah. and that'll be because I got 120. I'm going to be like bright eyed and bushy tailed <laughs> like Moses. That's so. Right. So I think in reality, to answer your question, when it comes to full sort of cycle of regeneration, I think three years is really the right number. I wish it was sooner. I go out in our fields and I'm always frustrated about where we are, but then I'm reminded that we can't have regeneration unless there was previously degeneration. So I, right. I need to focus and say those bare patches of ground, that mm -hmm. poor growth of cover crop, those animals that are too skinny, this is all part of the journey. Yeah. One area of our soil, we rated a 19 out of 100 on a university scale of soil health. And how can we complain? We want to show this amazing improvement. Mm -hmm. You got to start somewhere. So mm -hmm. I will tell you, I believe personally that we'll be above 50% on that soil scale in year three. In year seven, I think we're going to have some of the richest, most fertile soil in the entire 
state of Tennessee. And I'm super excited about that. That's so exciting. And it's interesting as you're talking about this, the parallels that I'm thinking of with patients when they tell yes. me, I'm, yes. my microbiome's unhealthy, my gut's unhealthy. It's just, this is a journey. And I tell them typically what we see in our research is about a year and a half to two years for the microbiome will start to heal, but people really hit, hit their stride the further on. It doesn't even end there. Two, three years, it really is. And then when you think of the magnitude of the earth and this massive microbiome, of course it would take a little bit longer. It's, it's, it's so being a part of this microcosm, macrocosm thing, is just beautiful to hear you talk about. And there is so much to it. Every day I'm learning. I've been researching over the last week, trying to understand how to truly create a home and an environment for significant earthworm population. Because if you study the cycle of an earthworm, if you can truly have a predominance of earthworms, what you call macroorganisms on your soil, what they do is, is really irreplaceable. But how do you go from zero earthworms to one every cubic inch? And we're, we're just, there's so many things we're learning, but there's some great surprises, as I mentioned, and I'll give you one, this will blow your mind. So we're working with Sprouts, which is a national farmer's market slash health food store, working That's with right. Urban Market and others. We bring the food waste in and I'm looking and I'm seeing whole watermelons and I'm seeing pomegranates and exotic fruits like jackfruit and cherimoya. And I'm realizing that our birds will sometimes eat the seeds and then they will come out undigested. And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, we've got cherries now because it's the summer. We've got blackberries. I start thinking we're dumping millions of seeds probably on every acre of soil over the next six years. That seventh year, we might have every fruit tree an amazing vegetable known to man growing mm -hmm. without planting them. And mm -hmm. then I started thinking, well, what if every grocery store and health food store partnered with a farm where they could pick up their food waste? And what if that same store could literally, think of this, provide food waste and years later harvest watermelons and cherries from their waste? 40% mm -hmm. of our food in America is wasted. We don't have a food problem. We have a distribution problem because we have centralized our food system and we are suffering for it. So ultimately we need a decentralized system, but even as bad as we're doing today, just that little idea of connecting grocers with farmers or better yet have grocers start a farm. They should, right? How great would that be as a customer? Right. We're literally taking trash and turning it into treasure. And we, wow. we saw the other day when we were in the fields, well, we saw watermelons growing just from seeds, from wasted watermelons that are chickens, ducks, turkeys, and ruminant animals, which are our larger mammals that we talked about are eating. So I geek out about this. I was not a kid from the, you know, the country. I was a kid from the suburbs. I had no green thumb, no green pinky. My <laughs> grandfather was really into farming. My dad likes gardening, but this has all been... A, an epiphany for me because I want to be part of the solution yes. to the point of composting at home. And if my kids throw away a banana peel or God forbid, an avocado seed, I'm dumpster diving. And I, I just know how important every millimeter of topsoil is. It's our whole future right there. Right. So people, 
are, are getting excited right now. I could just feel it as they're <laughs> listening to this conversation. But they want to know when they say or see organic, does is does organic farm mean regenerative farm? Can you dispel that myth right there? Sadly, no. First and foremost, less than one percent of American farms are organic to begin with. Organic is a great foundation because it tells you what you can and cannot use. Before I answer that, Will, I want to say this, and I think you'll totally appreciate it. We believe in America that by having a reductionist approach, by killing everything we don't want, Hmm. we can build a better future. Case in point, we kill a thousand bacteria with an antibiotic, and one out of those thousand survives and then is going to beat us badly in the end because we've only made it stronger try to kill weeds. We kill a thousand or 999 and one of those weeds becomes a super weed, which means super pesticides in the future. We try to kill cancer cells. We kill a bunch, we kill healthy cells too. And then we create a roaring lion of a cancer cell that is resistant to all those other treatments and later is called recurrent cancer after the cure. We kill insect pests and every one Pest has 1,700 positive insects along with it that we're killing. This is never going to work. And honestly, a fifth grader who studies biology could have told us that. So back to the question, organic's not enough because it tells you the chemicals not to use and the practices you can't use with animals, et cetera. But I can show you a blueprint, Will, where I could buy land, become organic, and actually degenerate the land, leave after a three-year lease, and I'm gone. It's because every certification seems to have loopholes, and you can kind of go to the lowest common denominator, which think of the biggest companies. I I always heard this when McDonald's decided to have an organic blueberry on their parfait. One, then they would buy like 50% of the blueberries in the world because they put one blueberry on their ice cream. You know, So you got to think about What happens when big companies get involved? And Walmart, Kroger, Whole Foods, and Target are fighting to be the leader in organic. We don't have enough land. We don't have enough true regenerative soil. So what we do is, hey, how can I be organic, but just skate in by the skin of my teeth? Kind of like I did with National Honor Society in school. Like I was always on probation. I did the least amount of work I could to have that recognition, you know, just being honest. My kids remind me of that because I and my wife doesn't like it because she was a good student. So so here's the good news, Will, is there's a standard beyond organic called regenerative organic certification. And our two farms in Tennessee and Missouri are two of only 79 in the world. And we're the first two in our respective states. But it is changing and rapidly growing. And there will be a time where you will look at ingredients and foods and even leather goods and say, I want to buy regenerative organic because in regenerative organic, they measure your soil. Mm. They measure your water. They really evaluate your ecosystem. And if you're not improving, you are not maintaining a certification. So sustainability is crap. Mm -hmm. We don't want to sustain what's not working. Organic is sustainable, but Mm -hmm. it's not regenerative. In its on its face. Now, there are regenerative practices used by certain organic farmers. So I don't want people to say, well, the dairy guy I get my raw milk from, he's great. And 
the with the you pick strawberries. I'm not saying in every instance. I'm just saying organic doesn't mean regenerative. And if you start shopping regenerative, and that even that definition is going to be used and bastardized. But the regenerative organic certification is about soil health, animal wellness, and human welfare, which is amazing. So that's what right. we do. It is not easy. And also what we're doing, which we're excited about, we're becoming a hub to train farmers and we're open door. Just tell us you're coming. You can come to either farm and learn from us. We are not proprietary. We're moving the movement forward. And that involves allowing access to what we're doing. Beautiful. Your blood sugar levels can significantly impact how your body feels and functions. NutriSense lets you analyze in real time how your glucose levels, how your blood sugar levels respond to food, to exercise, to stress levels, and your sleep. Here's how it works. Let me break it down for you. Continuous glucose monitor or a CGM is a small device that tracks your glucose levels in real time. Application is super easy and painless. Each device lasts for 14 days. And the CGM is attached to the NutriSense app. You can use the app to scan your CGM, visualize data, log your meals, run experiments for yourself, be your own N of one experiment, and so much more. You can learn about your own bioindividuality. What does your body love? What does your body hate? So you can really evolve and curate your wellness toolbox based off of real-time data, based off of your own bioindividuality. You can also get expert dietitian guidance each subscription plan includes one month of free dietitian support. Your dietitian will help you interpret the data and provide suggestions based on your goals. This will help you build sustainable, healthy habits to achieve your goals. This is what truly sets NutriSense apart from other CGM-related programs. I have been recommending CGM data like NutriSense for a long time for my patients. My patients love NutriSense because it's real-time data and we're able to use this data in functional medicine to really help us further customize and tailor recommendations based off of all this wonderful information we're getting from NutriSense. But the great thing is you can get this without a functional medicine doctor to really learn about your health. I'm such a fan of that. The democratization of health information, the decentralization of health information. So you can have agency over your health. So I cannot emphasize this enough. Visit NutriSense.io slash Will Cole and use code Will Cole to save $30 and get one month of free dietitian support. That's NutriSense.io slash Will Cole. That's N-U-T-R-I-S-E-N-S-E dot I-O slash Will Cole. NutriSense.io slash Will Cole and use code Will Cole to get that $30 off and get one month of free dietitian support. You mentioned earlier about the the biblical component of it or the ancestral component of, of it. And it seems like regenerative farming is really just using the best of science and data to replicate what was there. You mentioned at the beginning of time, this sort of before we ruined everything. What, but And then I think of the maybe the pushback or the stereotype that when you talk about environmental benefits of this 
from people of faith. Well, they'll say, well, that's, you know, some hippie thing, or that's like, that's a, why should people like, but then you think about the Bible says being a good steward, really, doesn't it come down to that? And we're all it, given it this does. gift, no matter what faith you are of no faith. Like we only have one planet earth. Like why should this be divisive of a topic? I was on a Christian TV show not long ago and somebody wrote into the founder of the network and said, Hey, you know, Jordan and Josh, they're, they're into ESG and they're green, the, gr the great green movement. Listen, you can't just stereotype this. I will show you in scripture in Genesis, the start of degeneration. I'll tell you right now, Will, because I barely said it to anyone, but it is, it blew my mind when I read it. So we all know that the fall of man involved agricultural sin, let's say. We don't know what the fruit was. Was it an apple? Probably not. Was it a peach? Who knows? But the sin of man was eating something mainly because of pride and wanting to be like God, disobedience. Eve was punished with pain and childbirth. Think about it. And God said to Eve, you are, because there was a curse now, you're going to have pain and childbirth. And Adam, so think about this, the curse of man and Adam, you, your curse is going to be agriculture. So you're out of the garden. And he said that you're, you will farm the land and it will be hard, compact soil. And it says thorns and thistles will grow. And by the sweat of your brow, you're plowing with a shovel, you will obtain your food. Now, whatever you believe about climate change and that term, I don't use that term much because I know it's divisive. When you shovel soil, carbon dioxide goes into the air. Oxygen comes down when there's more carbon dioxide. Carbon leaves the soil, which is the basis of life, and it began the death of the earth and of human lifespans. My theory on why Adam and Methuselah and Enoch, if he wasn't taken, and a, a lot of those, and M Methusiel, and there's two Seths, and all those guys <laughs> lived 700 to 900 years, but then it started going down. I believe that annual agriculture, which was a departure from the Garden of Eden, which I believe today would be called a perennial food forest. We'll get into that another time. Annual agriculture, planting tomatoes and kale and carrots, you're disrupting the soil, releasing carbon and oxygen drops. I believe our oxygen levels used to be 23% and they're 18% today. Any living creature thrives, let me rephrase that, living creature that is a complex multicellular creature, animal kingdom, lives and thrives in an oxygenated environment. This is the theory of Otto Warburg. Nobel Prize winning. Cancer can't thrive in an oxygenated environment. If we had more oxygen, we'd have less disease. We'd have more longevity. It is exactly what's happening. Mm -hmm. The curse of man in part was degenerative and annual agriculture. And I know some people are like, what's an annual? What's a perennial? I didn't know either. Happy to explain more, but this is a biblical thing. But here's the key, literally. The curse of man was broken by the second Adam. That's who Jesus is. We're going we're gonna to preach now. And <laughs> Jesus took the keys to the kingdom back. That's what he spent his time doing part of those three days. Mm -hmm. He went to the gates of hell, took the key back, and it is available to us who call on his name. So could it be that that key, part of that key is to restore earth to a more Eden-like place? Now, whether you wherever you believe we're going to spend eternity, 
Is it up in the clouds? That's not really what the Bible says. It says a new heaven and a new earth. Yeah. But what if part of that new earth involves us helping to steward over it and heal the earth as a joint heir yeah. with Jesus to see the land healed? And what if that key to the kingdom will is this regenerative agriculture, perennial, we call regenerative food forest? Because I've done the math in 2017, there's a way to feed the planet. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, you will plant more trees than have ever been planted, fruit-bearing trees. There will be a greater oxygen level than we've ever had since creation. And everything that we hope and believe for will come to pass. This is not just about farming. If you're listening and saying, I'm not a farmer, I don't even <laughs> want to compost my banana peels, I promise you, this topic is as important as the pain in your knee needing right. to be fixed right now. And so right. that's why I'm glad we're talking about this today because- so good. I want to tell you something else that most people don't realize. What you find in in healthy soil, topsoil or humus, it's not the Mediterranean dip we use with pita or (laughs) the humus. Yes, humus, different humus. Humus is topsoil, organic matter. It holds water, purifies it. It grows plants, nourishes roots. But the name human comes from the root Mm. word humus. And what does the Bible say? We came from the dust of the earth. It wasn't dust. We came from the soil of the earth because the components of soil are what's in our body. The microbes in the soil are what should be in our gut. We return. It says from the dust you came and from the dust you will return. We're returning to that same soil. We're part of that mm-hmm. carbon cycle. I love that. Blows my mind. It is and insane. He, it's, and here's something else that's amazing. If I were to ask anyone on the planet, how deep is someone buried in a casket? Six feet under, right? Yeah, six feet under. Anyone ever thought about why? So get this. This is not told to me. It was a revelation. We used to have feet of topsoil in America. We were the most fertile place on the planet. That's why the settlers came here. The reason that caskets and bodies were buried six feet under was because the six feet above was topsoil, really five. And Mm -hmm. if you Topsoil moves. It's like a, a living, breathing, you know, system. You would literally bury somebody and then bury somebody else. They'd be bumping around eventually. Now it's bedrock. I took a picture of my neighborhood where a home being built next door was being excavated. It's, it was a farm before. I had zero visible topsoil that I could see. It was all dead, rock-like, no soil at all. So this is really about life or death. Mm-hmm. And we start to forget that we came into the world mm-hmm. as an agrarian society, especially America, and we have done a lot to ruin it. But I promise you, there's an ember of hope. And a lot of it rests in what's been called regenerative agriculture. And if you think this is new age or leftist or blue, this is not. This is biblical and everybody, if you live in an apartment building, you can plant a potted plant. You can compost your food waste and you can purchase products from regenerative farms or products with regenerative ingredients. All of us can help. Mm-hmm. We all can. You're absolutely right. And those are some great tips. And then I think about the symbolism of the scripture that you were talking about. And then I think about the years that you talked about, he, the microbiome healing, three and seven years. I mean, there's just so much deep stuff that you're just 
talking about there. And let's, if we're, we probably pissed off some people with the with the biblical stuff, but I don't really care. But let's go, go over to and piss off more people about they think that they're 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 maybe vegans and they think. Any meat involved, with, if you eat meat, you are hurting the earth. And But can you really dispel this myth that, that being vegan is the only way to be green and what vegan agriculture or the modern agriculture that a lot of vegans are eating in that system, what that's doing to our environment? I, this, I don't even know where to start here. <laughs> Just so you understand, I'm a conscious omnivore. Most of us in the health movement have been vegans at one time. And let's not talk about in terms of religion or philosophy. Let's talk facts. The very worst ecosystem on the planet is a monocrop agricultural field or paddock or farm. Soy, corn, wheat. You might say, well, no, I don't eat those things. I eat organic. Doesn't matter. An organic monocrop field is horrible. By the way, people say, well, I, I want to farm veganic. Well, 99% of farming uses bone meal or manure or blood. They're buying it. You don't see it because they're buying it in these amendments. Not to mention the fact that animals are absolutely essential to regeneration. So this sort of vision for healing the planet will absolutely involves animals. The good news for some plant forward eaters is that in the long run, when I map out how to feed the entire planet, by the way, it's 1 billion acres, 11.2 billion people in the year 2100. It can be absolutely done. It's a mathematical equation. They'll eat almost 3000 calories, which is way too many. So I, I have some buffer in there. 1300 is probably more like it, but animals won't be a major part of our diet at that time, because there are so many amazing perennial fruits and what you would call vegetables and leaves and all that good stuff. So it won't be predominantly animal, just the math won't lend itself to that. But animal input is absolutely critical. I told you all the great things we're going to do with our soil. Without animals, there's no way to do it. And here's a basic fact. Beside the point that our animals live a wonderful life, you cannot raise equal amount of male animals with females. So I, I don't know if everybody knows this, but I said this before, when you're a male cow, we love water buffalo, I'll explain that another time, yak, goat, sheep, chicken, duck, or turkey, particularly the red meat kind, think about goats, sheep, cows. If you're born a male, you have two fates, and I'm going to piss off some vegans, but you just <laughs> got to deal with it. You're either a burger or a breeder. And here's the thing. I've raised water buffalo now for four years, and for good reason, they're awesome nutritious, they're amazing, they're, they're, they're great temperaments, they're, their genetics haven't been tampered with, but if you have more than one water buffalo together with any less than 25 females, they will fight almost to the death. Same with a, a ram, which is a male sheep, same with a billy or a buck, a male goat. So just like when you see in nature bear cubs, when they are born, the males sort of get booted out, lions, the same thing. You cannot have an animal system properly constructed without animal husbandry, and you've got all these males, and they're the ones we should be consuming. I know you don't want to think about consuming an animal that might have a name, but this is really the way to husband your flocks and herds. You need to have 
your males that are going to reproduce and improve your genetics, and the others need to be utilized, frankly, in that environment. Now, you can mm. create steers by castrating them, but another thing we don't do, we don't dehorn, we don't castrate, we practice supreme animal welfare. You would see it at like a Whole Foods Gap 5 Plus, like we're the top of the top. So we treat our animals amazingly well. We don't even ear tag them anymore. We let them wear necklaces. They have bling now. <laughs> so we're, but I have to tell you, without the eating of the plants, and by the way, this is also going to blow your mind. When an animal bites a blade of grass, it triggers the roots to grow deeper. Like mm. how amazing is that? Yeah. There's something in their saliva that even helps plants improve, but they eat, they stomp, they let their manure and mm -hmm. urine go on the ground, which is 90 plus percent of the nutrients in a bioactive form. And they leave. And if you graze them properly, they come back and the ground is made better because of them. Remember what I said, the number one tenant to regenerative agriculture is multi-species grazing. Mm -hmm. You don't have to eat the animals. You can ship them to another farm, whatever, but without animals, there is no regenerative agriculture and if you want to be a vegan, number one, it's not going to be healthy for you. And how many recovering vegans have we met? Well, let's just be honest. Like yeah. almost everyone we talk to has tried the vegan. I love plants, by the way. I'm not going to yeah. ostracize anyone for eating plants. They get mad at me for eating meat, but I love plants. Yeah. It's fine. But right. there is just no way that this is remotely sustainable, much less regenerative. It is, you're going to count on your 60 years of agriculture if we practiced veganic, and that's a thing. I, I buy bread, sprouted bread, and they practice veganic agriculture using what they call green manure, which is composted plants, et cetera. That's mm -hmm. not scalable, not practical, not effective enough. Sorry to tell you. Yeah. Not, sorry, not sorry. I don't know. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It's the truth. And the truth also is the data around carbon emissions going down when you talk about the soil restore, right? I mean, when the, when the, Animals are moving the soil and, and healing the soil. I mean, what, what's happening there? What they're doing is their manure is actually contributing to microbial activity. They're stomping. So if they stomp some of the grasses or pasture, they're contributing to earthworm and other sort of macroorganism proliferation. And then when they bite, remember what I said, yeah. they're encouraging new growth. Now, you don't want to leave animals in a field with a bunch of fence in perpetuity. 99% of farms do that. It's so frustrating. Here's a statistic that is also amazing. You want this fresh manure. It's the best fertilizer in the world. You want it everywhere. But if you graze cows in a continuous fashion in one big field, it takes 27 years to get a manure patty on every square foot. If you use what we call rotational grazing, particularly intense rotational grazing, it takes between one and two years. Look at that difference. So yeah. I'm not saying all the animal people have it right. They have it wrong too. Right. But the, the notion of growing in a vegan environment, first of all, Will, how are you going to prevent like owls and other birds from coming mm -hmm. and eating? And then they're going to have their manure. I mean, you prevent it by killing their habitat, first of all. But, you know, it's, it's crazy. But here's some things we've learned. And this will make people smile. We put together an animal family of water buffalo, cows, goats, and sheep on April 22nd, which is now considered Earth Day. They became a family for the first time. And boy, they didn't like each other in the beginning. But 
as of a month ago, our water buffalo who they don't live with goats in India and Africa and other places, but they're living with goats now. And I have goats and sheep and water buffalo and cows because they eat different things and they have different nutritional value in their manure. I know that sounds weird and gross, but it's just <laughs> true. So now I've witnessed firsthand water buffalo lying down and goats getting on their back. And I didn't know what was happening. And then they're like massaging them. So it's not just goat yoga. It's now goat <laughs> massages. Love and it. we've also seen, Will, two other phenomenon. Our ducks used to quack very loudly at night because there was predators or pests. When the water buffalo are with the ducks, they don't quack at night. So the, the, there's some symbiotic relationship. The buffalo are protecting the ducks from something. Mm -hmm. And furthermore, we have noticed an entire new species of bird that has come on our farm wild when water buffalo are here. So we're seeing these amazing things that all contribute to regeneration. And the proof in the pudding is how it tastes. Either we build soil, either we feed more people, either we have more nutrition, either we hold more water or we don't. So you can say anything you want about, I don't like animals and I don't like you to eat them and I don't like you to move them around. And I don't like what you're talking about with cover crops, whatever you don't like, Give us a chance. And if we can prove that we can take something dead and bring it back to life, I think you need to rethink your mm. position. That's all I can say. And I can go on That's and true. on about it, but love it. I've studied all sides of this argument. I love and it. I, I believe this is the way to go. I hear you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And then you look at the United Nations numbers. If you take those, those mainstream numbers of 60 years we have left of farming, we have to do something different to see something different. And this is really extremely promising. You're seeing it in real time. I know you talked some practical tips people could do earlier. What about with our dollars? You mentioned some certifications. What should people be looking for on labels or where should they shop to be supporting this movement? So right now, when it comes to foods, there's very few today more coming, but today that have the regenerative organic certification. That's the gold standard. You also want to look at products on the sort of supplement and skincare side that have regenerative organic ingredients and or support an initiative. So for example, we have a company, Dr. Josh Axe and I, Ancient Nutrition, and every bottle, not only do we have regenerative ingredients in a lot of our products, not only do we do really cool things with sort of composting and, and upcycling, but we utilize 1% of our sales directly for regenerative agriculture, not donations, not partnerships. We plant the trees. We set the strategies. We operate the farms with our own employees. So that's really, really important. And you'll find companies that speak about that. In our industry and supplements, there's three companies that are regenerative organic certified in their farming. Ancient Nutrition, Gaia Herbs, and Herb Farm. Herb Farms in Oregon, Gaia's in North Carolina, and we're in Tennessee and Missouri. Those are four of the 79 regenerative organic certified farms in the world. There's more ROC farms in produce. So for example, we all love the biggest little farm. Did you see that movie? Yes, well, she's so, a, a friend of mine, Molly Chester. Yeah, she's amazing. Great. So yeah. Apricot Lane Farms, they're regenerative organic certified. There's a great dairy in NorCal, friends of mine, Alexander Dairy. So start looking on the websites of the companies you buy from and start looking at labels, go to farmer's markets. I know that's cliche. And I know sometimes 
the same stuff at farmers markets as what you can buy from grocery stores with the same label. I get it, but there are instances at farmers markets where you can find farm to stand food. There are local farmers everywhere. Pennsylvania, not the part you're in as much, but <laughs> it's loaded with with particularly Amish farms, et cetera. It doesn't mean they're all good just because they're Amish, but right. start getting more connected to your food. And by the way, if you're listening and you want to invest in something, here's a bold prediction that's not bold. Agricultural real estate increases every single year. Regenerative agricultural real estate is going to increase exponentially because there's simply not enough. Will 18, sorry, 72 companies have made regenerative pledges by the year 2030. That includes Walmart, General Mills, and a Pepsi, a slew of others. If they come through with their pledges, 18% of the land in America will be regenerative. That'd be awesome, but it, it's, it's not physically possible because right now less than 0.001% is. So if you want to invest in an asset that all the big corps want, go regenerative, buy some land. And when I say land, I don't mean you have to buy 4,000 acres. Buy a half an acre. You'd be shocked at how much you can produce in a small area of your yard. And if you really want to tick people off, bring chickens and a couple <laughs> goats into the yard as long as your homeowners allows it. But you know, move to the move a little bit outside the, the suburbs here. Do something. Compost. Here's an easy one. Get a little bin. It could be a bucket that's left over from something you purchased. You put your food waste in it and find a local restaurant health food store or farm, ask them if you can contribute to their compost pile. They will love you for it. Will our two farms alone, we're going to pick up and divert between 1.5 and 2 million pounds of food waste from landfills. Mm -hmm. And we're going to use it to create soil, food, and ultimately even our very own products in the future. And on our small little slice slices of Missouri and Tennessee, we can go to sleep at night knowing that the 60-year curse will not happen on our watch. And you can do, you can do something just like that. Right. Oh, that's so inspiring. And it, you're right. We can, wherever we can, with what access we have, with what lifestyle, we can just do small things and make a collective difference. And to bring this full circle to Pittsburgh, Molly Chester, the biggest little farm, is from Pittsburgh originally. So we have some good people here. Give us nice. another chance, Jordan Rubin. Do, I know we're running low on time. Do you have time for a rapid fire-ish? Let's do it, sure. A couple, couple minutes. All right, the podcast is called The Art of Being Well. This is Jordan Rubin's Art of Being Well. We learned a lot about your passion and the things that you're an expert on, and without a doubt, unparalleled. I want to know different facets of wellness. First question is, you have one food. It's a healthy food, but it's the worst tasting healthy food that you do not eat it because it tastes good, but because it's so good for you that you tolerate it. It's just so easy, noni fruit. And I only say that because we, we grow indoors and outdoors, we grow noni and they call it cheese fruit, but it is it smells similar to like bad sort of uh, Stilton cheese and sweat socks. So it is, <laughs> it is unbearable to smell much less eat, but it's got certain antioxidants that are highly anti-inflammatory. So I eat plenty of things that, other people don't eat kimchi and th th that's child's play compared to fresh noni. <laughs> I love it. Next question. What are two supplements that have been the biggest game changers for you personally? 
One is the easy because it helps save my life, but soil-based organisms or SBO probiotics, it's hands down. I've been consuming this for 28 years now. And here's one that's uh, I don't want to ever live without, and it's total opposite spectrum, glandulars. I, I truly believe, because I don't, I don't like to eat glands. I mean, I like heart a little bit, but liver, I just don't like it. Mm-hmm. I used to blend it with carrot juice. It's, it's not good. But glandulars have compounds and nutrients that are irreplaceable in the diet. So those are, if I had to pick two, those are probably going to be an SBO probiotic and a multi-glandular formula. Those are pretty high up there for me. Love that. And you have, do you have that? Like what brands do you, do you go for that? So Ancient Nutrition has SBO probiotics, and we are launching our glandular line starting in early September. There are other really good glandular products out there. A lot of us grew up on Standard Process, which is a brand. They have glandulars in a lot of their products. I don't love the source of their glands. Ours come from Iceland and Argentina, but glandulars, liver, heart, kidney, spleen. The greatest power of TCM, traditional Chinese medicine, is seen in glandulars. And by the way, glandulars were the source of most of our early medicines, insulin, thyroid medicine, cortisol, which is now cortisone and prednisone. So got to get glandulars. They're game changers. I made the vegans mad again. <laughs> we'll put a disclaimer, a warning, <laughs> a trigger <laughs> warning for all the vegans. What is the latest non-food, non-supplement wellness like biohack? Do you use any biohacks? Like, What has been the biggest game changer in that category? I don't know about latest. I'm going to go about sort of oldest or earliest. I still believe sort of this concept of earthing. And I say it this way because it isn't just walking barefoot on grass. By the way, walking on the beach is probably the greatest because you're walking on the earth and you're breathing negative ions in. There's something called forest bathing, Will, where people go out there and there's the sounds and the sights. So I could give you a lot of different things that I love, and I I use PEMF and I love sort of lasers and red light and a lot, you know, hot and cold and a lot of the things that people will tell you about and certain things to breathe and hydrogen water and hydrogen this. So I've, I've seen a lot over the years, Yeah, but you cannot beat what earthing will do mainly because it's so unnatural to us now, even though it's the most natural thing in the world. But I, I truly believe in the healing benefits of your environment and and I can earth myself by going out in my flirt, which is the flocks and the herds and having a water buffalo lick me. It's, it's like a great exfoliation, but I love doing things that most people can't, can't, can't say they've done. I know the Veggie Tales song says that everybody's got a water buffalo, but yeah. apparently that's not true. And we do. They're wonderful creatures. They're as friendly as dogs. You know, so I, I love being out in nature. If you can do it barefoot, and getting sun along the way, that's probably the ultimate biohack. I don't care what machine is created and what med bed is coming out. You're not going to beat this. Yeah. You can't beat nature and the healing of it. What's the weirdest wellness thing that you've done that you're willing to admit on a podcast? I definitely have some I'm not willing to admit. <laughs> but so in case you're wondering where I start, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and multiple other illnesses, which I explained in the book that will reference patient heal thyself, 19 diseases. I was healed by a diet and most importantly, by my God. And I also was healed of cancer years later. And so I've been been through the ringer and I I have 
the Lord has been so gracious to heal me time and time again. I've asked for less healings because I don't want to go through what it takes to be healed anymore, but we'll see what God <laughs> does with that. So when I was sick with Crohn's disease, I tried everything under the sun. I have to name two, three things. Well, I hate to do it, but number one, I went to Germany to get Venus flytrap IV infusions. Somehow, because Venus flytraps can eat things, they could somehow eat what's wrong with me. Number two, I drank an herbal blend. This is going to be more than most people will answer. I drank an <laughs> herbal blend from an herbalist who didn't speak English. His son translated. It didn't have a label, but I was desperate. And I later learned that this herbalist got his herbal sort of blend from visiting other planets. And then I realized that what he was speaking may not have been Spanish after all. And number three, <laughs> and you might appreciate this too, I went to a chiropractor that used some form of electrodermal screening, et cetera. And he said that by putting electrodes in me and doing the testing, he said, Jordan, I have, I know what's wrong with you. You are sensitive to a satellite that orbits the earth once every 77 years. <laughs> okay. I said, well, I was kind of hoping for gluten or dairy, you know, like that would have been a little easier. And so he said, but don't worry if you sleep with a card, like, you know, like a five by seven with a purple square in it under your mattress and build a steel cage around your bed and get rid of all plugs of stereos. And this was when I was 19, there were stereos, any EMFs, you will you will be fine. And I'm like, well, I think I'm going to be, I'm losing badly in an MMA steel cage match. <laughs> I can't figure out how to get out of this cage. I don't know what the purple square is doing. And oh, I can't wait another 77 years to get better. So those are three of many. I, I know I, I think I trumped everyone on this answer. You hundred percent hands down. You're, you're that goat of that but, question. But then again, you've, you've had people that have eaten poop and drink oh, their own yeah. urine. I mean, but, but that's not as cool as what yes. I'm talking about. No, no, about. you, we had some weird ones, but that was the coolest weird one for sure. Next question. What, do you know what Enneagram you are? I know Josh is a seven, I believe. What do you, do you know? It's a person. I, I don't, I have not done this. People try to tell me and I forget. I'll send you the link afterwards. I'll send you the yeah. link. You see, you, you might think that I'm real intense and I do like to laugh and things like that, but I also tend to be very organized and I'm the, the most ridiculous multitasker you've ever met. So here's an example of what I did this morning, Will. You'll appreciate it because I told my whole team recently my morning routine. This is part of it. So I am making all my kids supplements and smoothies, my dog's supplements, taking, I'm up before everybody else is. So I do 500 pushups. Every five minutes, I set my timer, I do pushups. So I'm doing pushups making my wife's morning souped up coffee drink, my kids' smoothies, all their supplements. While I'm doing push-ups, I'm listening to the Bible on two times speed or sermons <laughs> or eBooks. I'm oil pulling during this whole time. So I'm, and I'm nose breathing because I'm oil pulling what? and I'm making time to track everything and send text messages and all that. And I do it in sort of this symphonic way that where is... I'm just like, man, I've done all this stuff and it's, it has, it's not even that's hysterical. I, yes. I would guess you're in an Enneagram three, knowing what I know about you. Look, you it, look it up. We'll figure it out. That's unsubstantiated okay. so far, but I'll, I'll circle back <laughs> with the people. I'm curious. Do you ever go to Starbucks? I mean, you're such a healthy guy. Do you ever like, Hey, you're at the airport, you go to Starbucks. And if so, what do you order? I have never ordered anything from a Starbucks for myself, but what I would order if it was there and I don't know anymore is they used to have that evolution, fresh green juice. Yes. And it's, I know it's like HPP, but it had no sweet stuff in it. So it was, it was, for a Starbucks, pretty amazing. And my good friend, 
Bill, who is the CEO of Perfect Snacks, his Perfect Bars are in star some Starbucks. So yes. I would theoretically eat that, but I know Evolution Fresh, it, it used to be there. Maybe it is, yeah, but I don't know I'm if really they still not are. a coffee drinker. So yeah, you know, I, I haven't really been to Starbucks too much. Yeah, I don't know. I know Jimmy, he sold it, but the Evolution Fresh, I don't think they're still there anymore. They may be, okay. maybe they are. I think they have some sort of green juice there. Maybe yeah. they're still there. And I'm totally irrelevant with Starbucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Perfect, the Perfect Bar is a sponsor on the podcast. So, hey, works out. They're Can sponsored. I tell you a secret? Yeah. So, and you're talking about the Perfect Bar from San Diego with the peanut butter and all that stuff. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, the chewy, doughy, I love it. Peanut butter, I okay. get it at Starbucks. I'm not above Starbucks. <laughs> all right. All right. So, so here's some great history. Yeah. So, my story, which you read about, was that I was sick, Crohn's disease, all these other diseases, and I went to 70 medical experts, 69 failed all around the world. You heard about the Venus flytrap and the mm -hmm. Martian herbs and all that stuff. I met a man who taught me how to eat like the Bible. And that man is the father of the Perfect Snacks family. Wow. So the CEO of Perfect Snacks, Bill, who turns 40 in September, he was 12 years old when I lived with them and learned how to eat like the Bible. They were making the bars with hairnets and a roller. It was called something different at the time. And uh, I'm just so proud of them that they've been able to continue yeah. sort of this. And so Bud Keith, Bill's dad, is not with us anymore. And he had Bill and then myself. And between the two of us, we've kind of fulfilled a lot of his dreams. And I, I wasn't his son, but, you know, he helped save my life. And it's been a great journey since. So got to put great. a plug in for that. But yes. I do love the Perfect Snacks Keith family. And I'm so glad they're involved with you on the they podcast. Are. They are. They are great. And I great, love great indulgence. Years. They are. They are for sure. I did not know that story behind them. I just love the taste of the peanut butter bar. So good. <laughs> Last question, my friend. I kept you a little bit over time. Thanks for staying with me. The, what's a book that you've read in the last year? It could be fiction, nonfiction. That's been the biggest like inspiration for you, got you thinking in, in a fresh new way. You know what? This was more of a book that helped confirm a few things in me. And this is, I have Josh to thank for this. So my business partner, Josh Axe, is an avid reader, avid leadership guy. And I used to make jokes that I don't read books. I just read titles because someone handed me, it's not the you know, big that eat the small, it's the fast that eat the slow. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I need to read it for? That's a great principle, you know? but. <laughs> The Atomic Habits book. I may have read that a little over a year ago. James Clear. That yeah. is yeah. that is a really good book. It it encouraged me in what I'm already doing, but then also just helped me explain better why I do what I do because I love building on things. So the whole regenerative agriculture program we do, you could explain it with Atomic Habits. We're getting better one percent every day. So that's a good one for anyone to read. I encourage my kids to listen to the ebook, etc. But that's been that's been a good one. I think the, the second one I would say is Hero on a Mission. That's that's a really good one. It also explains when you're somebody who sort of goes against the grain, sometimes literally, and you're you're pioneering something, it makes you feel better to understand how life is gonna go. <laughs> so that's a, a really good book as well. I love it. Well, I'll put the links for everything we've talked about in today's conversation on the show notes for people at drwillcole.com. My friend, this has been a rich conversation. I love talking to you and love you. Where can people go? Where can people go to learn about all this the amazing work that you're doing? Ancientnutrition.com has information on our ranch project. We've got our social sites. The doctoraxe.com and doctoraxe social has a lot of our 
videos on agriculture. We have very cool things that'll show you in sort of visuals what you've heard today. And then on Amazon, you can just look me up. You can find my books. I know bookstores may still exist. So you could also do that. Check out the book that Dr. Cole mentioned, Patient Heal Thyself. We re-released it. And my latest book, Essential Fasting is Good. And then I've got a new book, Will, that I keep forgetting about called The Probiotic Diet, How Good Germs Create Great Health. And it's been a 15 years in the making. So that'll be coming out later this year or early next year. This is so good. We'll have to have you back when it comes when it comes out for sure. Let's do it. All right, my friend. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back every Monday and Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.